So, you know, part of it is is understanding the preparation and knowing how each state works and why each state does what it does. A lot of guys don't ask that why question, but if you ask, okay, why does the state manage it this way? And then look at their tag system, it'll make a lot more sense. Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a Rockcast promo code. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. I'm Sam Weaver, today's host of Tipsy Tuesday, a short segment covering rockslide.com tidbits, hunting news from across the West, with just a sprinkling of tips and tricks to keep you well-informed for your next adventure. Before we kick off the show, I need to let everyone know about the 2023 Best Elk Hunt Photo Contest. Kafaro has stepped up big again this year with two huge prizes, an eight-man teepee or an $1,000 gift card. Remember, this is not a big bull contest, but a best photo contest. Check out all the rules at rockslide.com. That's R-O-K-S-L-I-D-E dot com. It's a sticky on the elk forum. All right, guys, today's guest is Scott Reekers from Eastman's. He's going to tell us about a couple tag opportunities uh, we may not have noticed this late in the season, then give us some tips and tricks he's been saving up for us. Welcome to the show there, Scott. Hey, thanks. It's, it's fun. And it's, you know, it's always a, it's kind of a homecoming. I was active on Rockslide before I started at Eastman's, you know, 10 years ago now. So it's kind of, kind of fun to still get to get to be a part and be involved there and you'll see how the forum has grown and evolved and added podcasts and different things there. So it's kind of fun. I think the one thing I like about Rockslide, you know, you got the old heads and then you got a lot of new members. And I think you get a lot of new people coming in and they're like, man, the, the draws are over already this year, but I really wanted to go. I really wanted to do something. And I think that's kind of what we're going to do on today's show. You're going to kind of Walk us through how we can tell what opportunities are still out there, if there is any. There are a few opportunities. There there aren't many. And unfortunately, I'll, I'll be brutally honest, a lot of the opportunities that are still out there are going to and probably involve a trespass fee, if you don't mind that. I mean, I know different people have different feelings on those. So like that's you have to decide how you feel about doing trespass fees. But that is there. Um, and it's kind of last minute. Sometimes landowners get a little cantankerous and ask them about trespass fees now, but it's still possible. But then the other thing is there are leftover lists. Um, sometimes you can even get lucky. There are states like Colorado and Nevada that have turn in lists where tags get turned in and you can get in line. But, um, you know, be prepared to hide from your boss and press refresh every hour to see if you can get one of those return tags because they're a little bit of a challenge to still get that there are still landowner tags and landowner vouchers. Um, but many times it's a better priced vouchers are attached to an outfitter hunt, which is you'll see you'll see that someone has a hey, I've got a, a landowner tag or I know someone who has a landowner tag in this particular area. And then the devil's in the details. You find out that there's an outfitted hunt attached. But sometimes you can find a gem. And generally speaking, you're um, and this comes back to where I talk a little bit about a trespass fee. 
some of those landowner tags that you find um, that do have a landowner, the landowner may want a trespass fee to go with that because there are some hunts that are like in Colorado, I'll use, for example, there are some hunts that are only valid for the private land. So there's a voucher that you can get, but it's only valid for the landowner's land. So buyer beware on those. Make sure you do your research because if it's too cheap or too good to be true, chances are it's a small place and it's going to be hard to hunt. But the reason that they offer that is because there are animals that live there year round. And, and the idea behind a lot of landowner tags is it's a depredation opportunity. Um, but that's something just to just watch for and be aware of. Now, a little you pay a little bit more, um, and then you can find a landowner tag that might be unit wide. And generally speaking, where to look for those or look for opportunity for those are in migration corridors. Because if it's unit wide, that means that that the wildlife agency has been looking and they see that, okay, there are a lot of elk that migrate from this area on this landowner's land. So the only way we're going to positively affect the numbers is to hunt them unit wide and be able to affect the landowners that are being affected by, by say a whole herd of elk that is running through their gate, letting the cow out and the cows out and that sort of thing. And kind of hit that side, but let's talk about some of the other things that, um, that are available that a little bit easier to to obtain. And that is definitely gonna be watching out for those leftover lists. You're gonna to have to pay attention on a regular basis and they're hard because those things, they get turned in on a regular basis. Like I'll use, Wyoming doesn't do this, but I'll use this as an example of why somebody would turn in their tag. Now I had some cousins last year and they've been building points in Wyoming and finally drew some tags. And they had an uncle pass away a week before they hunted. And Wyoming has a stipulation, you can turn in your tag for death of a family member as long as you have not hunted or set foot in your unit at all. You cannot have done it at all. I mean, they were lucky season hadn't even started yet. And so they were able to able to do that and deal with the issue. Um, this is a good thing for them. Um, and a lot of places are like that. You know, extenuating circumstances are why people turn those in. You have to pay attention to those leftover lists and get very, very familiar with the state game agency sites. Because if you're not familiar with it, you're not going to know where to look. Like Sam, you said you apply in seven different states. Well, every single one of those websites is a completely different animal. And some of them are, are quite frankly, they're terrible websites to deal with and they're hard to use. So you have to know them. I would have accounts set up beforehand because chances are you're not the only person that's looking at those leftover lists and seeing those things. But I know someone who on a leftover list last year, they got a Nevada desert sheep tag. Believe it or not, there are still some gems that are out there, but you just have to be watching and you have to be looking. The guy I'm referencing, he found out that you know, it was extenuating circumstances where the, the guy just wasn't going to be able to hunt and it was an emergency. So he turned in his tag in order to get his points back so that he could still be playing the game. Um, my buddy was able to pick up that tag and he went and killed a nice ram. He had a blast doing it. It was a last, you know, it was a last minute hunt that he was able to do, but get a sheep tag without burning your points in Nevada. Who does that? Well, that, this is how you do it. Another thing just to mention is, you know, even if you have a tag in your pocket, I'm always looking to upgrade. You only have so much vacation time, but if you can snag a better tag, uh, your efforts are better used in that area. And maybe you yep. have to eat your lesser tag. It's going to cost you a little bit of tag money, but your your efforts are going to uh, yes. result most likely in, in more opportunity. You know, let, let's call a spade a spade. You and I kind of talking about this offline. Half the battle in being able to hunt consistently is, is the preparation game. 
So for instance, I'll use Montana as an example. There used to be leftover tags in Montana. I, I remember, you know, conversation years ago on on Rockslide, um, you know, on our forum, it's Eastman's forum. You know, hey, what are these leftover tags in Montana worth it? Are they still general tags? They're still general tags, right? You know, there are combos available, guys asking lots of questions. And now if you're drawing Montana on a general public land type deal, you're looking at doing it every other year if you have a little bit of luck and every third year if you don't have any luck. And so that's a it's a it's a hard one to navigate. And plus there's a little bit of little bit of moving up and down in the points if you don't get drawn in the state of Montana. And that's just to get your general. That doesn't even get you into their into their bonus point system for a permit draw. The Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Join the millions of hunters who trust Onyx to find more game, discover new access, and hunt smarter. Some of the key features of Onyx are the ability to combine critical land data with on-the-ground exploration to build your perfect map and find success. All your save markups sync automatically to all devices for use in the field or from home. Onyx includes nationwide public and private land boundaries. Hunt with confidence and find new opportunities using color-coded public land maps, private parcel ownership information, and clearly marked boundaries. Mark locations crucial to your hunt with custom waypoints. Measure distances of your walk-in, shot across canyon, or distance to the nearest access point with lines. View maps in 3D and choose satellite, topo, or hybrid base maps to have the best, easy-to-read visual for your hunt. Go as far from the grid as you want. No cell service required. Save detailed maps, layers, and markups for offline use. With live tracking and current location features, you'll make it out and back just like you planned. Don't risk getting turned around or lost. So if you're ready to make the jump to Onyx, use the code ROCKCAST at checkout and save yourself 20%. So, you know, part of it is is understanding the preparation and knowing how each state works and why each state does what it does. A lot of guys don't ask that why question, but if you ask, okay, why does the state manage it this way? And then look at their tag system, it'll make a lot more sense. I'll use South Dakota as an example. Um, South Dakota has, has a point system that you you have to be involved in in order to even um, have a chance. And you've got to be in there for two years with your with your points before you'll be, even get into the first pool. But they allot X amount of tags for different pools. But the more points you have, the more tags are allotted for that pool. The reason they do that is they want to reward loyalty, but they want to keep people in the system. And so that's how they, they manage those points. And so that was a system that was built based on, you know, based on the data they were looking at at surveys. So every state has their own why. And if you understand the why, you can play the game. I have zero expectation of drawing anything in South Dakota, public land, private land, Black Hills, whatever, for a few years. So just so I can get into the first pool. But that also creates a buffer where guys who've drawn and go to zero points can't immediately draw again. And that's why they do that. That's to create opportunity over the course of time. And, and I just use that because that's one of the states that, you know, I apply for, um, you know, and it's long odds on a lot of the hunts, but you have to play the game though, too. You know, I really anticipated drawing Wyoming this year for elk. I shared with my hunting partner, I had four points, didn't draw. Really? At at the end, I started getting a little nervous, put in for Montana. I had two points, 86% chance of drawing, didn't draw. You know, sometimes you just can't get lucky. And you just got to keep grinding away. And next year, now I have three and five, which should guarantee me in both places. No guarantee in this game, but you know now you have to decide. Okay, now what am I going to do? 
Yep. We'll see. I, I can't remember, you know, I shouldn't know this. Um, but like if Wyoming goes to the regional system with the regional general draw, we were going to see the gen- what it takes to draw quote unquote general regions. Um, that's going to really change up the point totals because, you know, you look at the western, the western half of Wyoming, there's a lot of public land to access. So generally speaking, guys who draw a general tag in Wyoming that are non-residents, they look at where do I have the most land to access and where can I go? Where can I look at stuff that's not wilderness? And so they end up on the western side of Wyoming. With that happening now, you've got to just, you know, the, the managers are looking at how do we disperse pressure? Um, that's where a lot of the conversations came is how do we how do we handle pressure? How do we work through, you know, there being a lot of pressure in a lot of different or in those places? And how do we spread that out? You know, how do we how do we say shift some to that south central area of Wyoming that has great elk hunting and honestly is over objective, but how do we shift that? You know, how do we encourage guys to go do that where there's still a lot of public land and there's plenty of hunting opportunity. And that's one of those, you know, one of those things that's paying attention to the constantly shifting game that is, that is hunting in the Western States. You know, for instance, I write the MRS for, for the state of Nevada. I have to, I have to be very in tune with all of the drought issues that Nevada faces, as well as the wild horse issue. You know, one of the reasons that Nevada is getting harder to draw for deer tags is that they've had extended drought, which affects herd quality, um, or and especially in antler production, but then it also hurts the overall numbers as well of deer. And you can see that in their population estimates. You know, you can you can see how it you know it's it's gone down. They're they're not immune like the re- like the rest of the West. We've you know, they've seen about a 50% deer decline over the last while. You know, you just have to pay attention to what's going on in, in each of those states. And then also talk to quite a few people who are playing the game and in tune with the system as well, because that makes a big difference in the way that you think about it too. Because I've got several people who don't share the same, exactly the same uh, views on wildlife management, but I also, I have lots of conversations with them because it helps me understand if the state is doing something different than what I would do, it helps me understand the why, which turns into understanding the why they manage for what tag numbers and quotas they have. And then it also tells me what is my strategy for each of those states. Yeah, I agree. You have to have a constantly review and then you have to adjust your your plan as things change. You know, 90-10 changed my whole application strategy in Wyoming. You know, you just have to be ready to to make some shifts. I applied with some points I shared with my hunting partner because I didn't think I was ever going to get the unit that I wanted to draw either. So I thought it'd be more fun to go together. I mean, you never know, but each year you got to have a plan. Right now we're going straight into hunting season, but I'm already starting to think, okay, what am I going to do next year now? Yep. (laughs) And and that's one of the things like, you know, obviously like work at Eastman's and Tag Hub has been my baby um, from the beginning. So Tag Hub 2.0, one of the things that we looked at is, okay, how do we help hunters in the field be able to do their research just a little bit better? And let's just say a non-resident hunter in my backyard here somewhere in Wyoming, and I were looking around and I say, okay, I'm deer hunting on one of the easier to draw deer tags here in the state of Wyoming. And I saw a giant bull and I was sitting on say eight points. Is that is that bull normal in this area? Is that something I would expect? And so we wanted people to be able to pull up Tag Hub um, in the field and be able to look at that. And so Tag Hub 2.0, we partnered with Spartan Forge 
and their mapping is now inside of Tag Hub 2.0 and you can see it. And you can now drop a waypoint there and you'll be able to see that waypoint inside of Tag Hub 2.0, which is a huge deal. And, you know, be able to look at that 3D mapping, but you can also see our rating system. By the end of August, we will have all of our rating system. They will have all the Western public lands there as well. So that's a that's a big deal for doing research out West. It's a it's a big thing to be able to look at at all of that and really see the numbers. You know, we'll have a lot of the data that people depend on the MRS for. Like, I field so many questions from guys asking, you know, what do I do with my points in Wyoming? What do I do with my points in Colorado? We've done our best with this iteration of Tag Hub to really make it number one more user friendly. But the in the field element that we've added is going to be huge for hunters all across the West, and I dare say even all across all across the United States because it's going to be a tool that is that can be used just about anywhere. Yeah, I think it's a big deal, uh, super time saving to be able to just okay, here's where I am. This is what I want to see. Then you get home, you can open up the full screen and have the big picture. You know, sometimes I find a wallow down in the middle of something, and I'm. I'm going, I'm chasing a bugle somewhere else, and I don't know exactly where I am. I come home and, and look and see where that canyon leads to or or whatever, you know. Sometimes I'm just out and about. One of the other things that we wanted to do with 2.0 is we wanted to make it a much uh, smoother system for our users. Like One of the things that we discovered with, with 1.0 was we really chased after the data nerd, um, and there are... Believe me, there are a lot of Western hunting data nerds out there. I, I probably wouldn't have believed you um, before I started working here for sure. Even more so um, after I got into Tag Hub and really delved dived into all the numbers and everything that's available inside of what 1.0 was. But we discovered that a lot of there are a lot of guys who are really just starting to dabble and wanted to get to know the Western hunting game. And we built 2.0 to scratch the itch of all the data nerds but make it easier and you more user friendly for guys who, um, you know, I think a lot of my relatives, I've got a lot of relatives in the Midwest and um, I've got a, I've got a brother-in-law in the Navy who, you know, he's just learning this stuff because he gave, you know, gave a lot of years to the Navy. So he's trying to just get it figured out now that he's getting close to retirement. I wanted it to work for the data nerds and guys like my brother-in-law so they could use it, see it, visualize it. And then it'd be a system where they, they know and trust one of the really cool things that you can do now is inside a tag hub, you can leave a waypoint. You can also leave a note. If you have any pictures that you want to leave there of what you know what you saw or something that, that's important to you. Like for instance, if you were to like in the field kill a hit a bow, a hit a bull with your bow and you lost blood but need to put a waypoint, take a picture, put it in there. You got it. You know now where it's sitting on the ground. And you got that. You know, that's an important piece of the equation, being able to put all those things together because technology is a tool and it can make us a better hunter in areas where it can make us a more ethical hunter. That's important. And so we we looked at, okay, how does this partnership work? How do we how do we make this better for the Western hunters? But then also, what are things that you would want? Well, waypoints are great, but if you can't label them and can't put notes in there. That's not going to be, it's not going to be as big of a tool as you want. So I just, I just wrote about this in our upcoming issue of, of EBJ. I just submitted the article today, actually. I talked about how you can leave a waypoint in one spot and you can label it cow elk. Well, the bulls don't hang out with cow elk during the summer. That's just, it's just not how it works. If I'm going to be rut hunting archery elk, I want to know where the cows are because the bulls are going to come and they're going to start peeling off and pulling them away. You can say, okay, here's where the cows were. 
1,500 feet elevation higher, that's where the bulls were. Okay, I need to be looking at travel routes. And that's something that you can now do by leaving all these waypoints from your scouting. Take notes. You can leave that there and say, okay, these are all the things I noticed and saw about, about my scouting trip. And then apply that to your e-scouting when you're looking at 3D maps. Okay, this all makes sense. I can see all this and see how it all works. I do think it's super important, especially when you're hunting a, a lot of places out and about just chasing hunts. You end up somewhere, you got a bunch of waypoints. Like I just scouted Nevada and I was with my buddy and he was telling me and I was clicking on my stuff and doing it. And then, you know, I get home and looking at it and I'm like, I don't even remember why I put this on here because we <laughs> were done. just driving, you know, he was like, over there's this, over here's that. And I was just clicking, clicking, and I didn't leave myself good enough notes. I just left a little pin mark like, eh, what is that? I, I don't even know. And that was only a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm your prototypical middle-aged man. Pains me to say that, but I've got four kids. I've got you know activities going on. If I don't leave a note or it's not in my Google calendar, it doesn't exist. I, I mean, just to be, be straightforward, honest, as far as hunting goes, okay, yes, mental priority, that's a very important thing. But the simple reality is that we forget things if we're not able to document it well. And being able to do that inside of TACOF 2.0 is a huge advantage. But then all the tools that are coming along with, with the web app, where you can look inside the web app and see all those different pieces. We've got some things where you're going to be able to measure and draw lines, and those are all coming. It's already available inside the Spartan Forge side. But being able to tie all those things together and tie your research together, that's huge. That's a, that's a big deal. And it's very important inside the Tag Hub 2.0. You know, clear distinction, we, we knew that in order to take this to the next level, and we saw that 1.0, okay, we have we were mobile friendly, but we wanted to get even more mobile friendly, and that meant an app. We, that's why we partnered with with a with a company that could build those things and show that data, and we can seamlessly send people from our website to that app. If you bought um, Eastman's Tag Hub, you can open up the app, reset your password inside the app, and you can see your Tag Hub membership right there. It seems like I'm always on my phone doing something. Half in this day and age, when you have 15 minutes you're trying to kill while you're waiting for your wife to do something. And it, <laughs> it's super handy, handy to be able to open that up and, and try and get a jump start on, you know, what you're going to try and do this weekend. Yeah, I, I 100% uh, agree. And I, I think bottom line with Tag Hub is it's about maximizing your opportunity and maximizing your scouting from your research all the way to what you see in the field and tying all those things together and doing a really good job of understanding that. I have X amount of time to dedicate to this. I can do one scouting trip, right? I used to live really close to region G and H. And so I could do six to seven scouting trips a year and I could babysit a buck. Now I'm in a position where I will do one week long trip. And then if I find a, a buck that's exceptional, I'll go back and check, but I'm six hours away. So I have to maximize my time. That's just how it works. We're all busy. You know, every single one of us has a lot going on between kids, activities, and, you know, just work. You know, there are things that, that have to happen. I, I, I like to have my bills paid, and so therefore I have to work. And with that being the case, Tag Hub is a tool that will allow you to maximize your time and make sure that your scouting is more effective. It will also make your research more effective. And let's be honest, every one of us wants to draw tags. A lot of people are chasing opportunities. We've got cow elk hunts in there. One of the ways that you can maximize your opportunity at a bull elk hunt, especially if you have eight or more points in Wyoming, I would be hunt using every cow hunt available in the hunts that you are targeting or chasing. 
I would be doing a cow hunt every other year there just to get to know it, even if it took you um, three to five more years to draw the bull tag, simply because you get to know the area. And getting to know the area is huge. Understanding, okay, is this worth spending my money on as a cow tag? That's a big deal too. You know, there are some cow tags that are terrible, but there are some that are are, are great predictors of what your success will be on a bull elk hunt. And I would encourage anyone to do that research. That's why we covered the cow elk hunts. The Rockcast is also powered by MagView Gear. Step up your digiscoping game with the most streamlined digiscoping adapter in the industry. MagView pioneered a new era of digiscoping with its universal minimalistic spotting scope and binocular adapters. The system is designed to eliminate the frustrations and inconveniences found in traditional digiscoping systems. MagView's multifunctional system consists of three interchangeable designs, the S1 spotting scope adapter, the B1 binocular adapter, and the MagView phone plate. All MagView systems create an incredibly strong, stable digiscoping platform and only require a super thin stainless steel plate adhered to the phone to secure it to the optic. No more bulky phone cases, no more optic specific adapters. MagView is the digiscoping choice for minimalist hunters looking for one adapter to fit most in-class optics. Many Rockslide members and staff have chosen the MagView system. You can see our in-depth review at rockslide.com and the Rockslide YouTube channel. To discover more about MagView gear, Visit magviewgear.com for full specification, installation videos, and tips and tricks. Start capturing your own MagView moments today. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm big into hunting cows. I, I agree with you, it's a great opportunity. It's a great time to, to be out with your buddies if they're hunting that unit or to just learn a unit. You know, you can only spend so much time out there scouting, but to be out there when the hunt's going on, is, yep. is huge. Scouting's one thing. Being there when the animals are moving and the hunt pressure's there can be a whole different experience. Absolutely. It's a it's a 100% different experience to be there and see it. You know, I've hammered off this 3D that we've got 3D uh, mapping tools available inside TagUp 2.0 now in the web app. As, as cool as 3D is, and even with topo lines on 3D, it still does not do justice for what you're actually tackling or what you're climbing. That's why a scouting trip is so important. And that's why being able to take the notes on the scouting trip, like when you can put down that on waypoint, this hill was insane. You don't want to cross this hill when it's covered in snow. You know, that's just, that's just one of those things that it, it makes it much easier to remember those things and what you did in those places. But the boots on the ground when you're actually carrying a rifle and getting to know animal behavior make a huge, huge difference. Uh, I agree. I'm going to have to start stepping my game up and taking better notes. That way, when somebody asks me about a certain spot or certain waypoint or what made it special, you know, a pitcher is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. This, this this is a wallow. Well, what's the wallow? Well, here's a yep. picture of it. it. Looks like it's been pretty hammered. Yep, you're hundred percent right. You know, knowledge and data is power. It may it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but 
it's huge inside of hunting to have all as much knowledge and data as possible. Like I said, I'm a nerd for um, I'm a nerd for the weather and drought and how does drought affect antler growth and what areas of the West have it. I'll pass areas that don't have good um, you know good moisture in the in a year. Like I won't apply for them. I'm I'm lucky. I'm a Wyoming resident. You know, I say I'm lucky. I, we got you know the crazy winter that we had last year. That was pretty miserable um, for how cold it was for how long. Saying that, you know, there is there is a lot of opportunity to hunt in Wyoming, which is important to me. That said, I'll skip areas in other states if the if the moisture content isn't good. You know, in Nevada, I've I've just bought points for quite a few years now because you know I'm trying to I'm watching, I'm looking how busy my my schedule is. I'm also going to wait for a year that you know, they had a little bit of recovery and it does happen. Deserts go through cycles where, you know, they'll go through drought and then they'll go through wet years. And I think we're probably heading into a wet cycle for a while. Yeah, I think that was part of that too. You know, the summer range they're saying now may be more important than winter range even because mm-hmm. they really got to bulk up before they go into the season, especially for, for does, you know, yes. the amount of, of fat that a doe has affects the size of the baby she has and the size of the baby predicts its survivability rate and, you know, even the good ones are only at 50%. So anything you can do there is is huge. I've never met a biologist who wants to keep their data close to their chest. They want to share what they're working on. They want, they want people to know because most of them are usually pretty proud of what they're working on. You know, I would be, especially if, you know, I'll use a, you know, I know Robbie interviewed Gary Freilich not long ago. That region G and H and those deer that he's been um, that he has been managing for years. You know, that's that's kind of a that's a fairly important thing, and it's something to be proud of of how how hard he's worked and and you know really being able to share the data and, and share those animals with the public and you know be proud of the quality that that area has produced. That's a that's a big deal. Yeah, not to get too far off the subject, but I've really appreciated Robbie's podcast with the biologists. Mm-hmm. It it changed the way I think about things. You always think you're right from the perspective that you look at it. And then, you know, to take a step back and be like, oh, that does make a lot of sense why you would do it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah maybe I just didn't notice that. Yeah, it, it's it been really good for me. And, you know, mule deer are a finicky beast. Yes, they and, are. And we really need to collect that data and really try to help them out. They are a Western icon and they're not doing that great in most places. No, they're not. And you know, it frustrates me, but I honestly, I honestly think that the biggest reason has been historically for the last little while is drought, drought. And then like winter 16, 17, um, you know, that one was rough. 17, 18 wasn't great either. And so you tie those in with drought as well. Those animals, they're equipped to last through a bad winter if they have enough moisture during the summer to keep the groceries growing. It's funny, like I I personally curious to see if there's enough data to suggest that if you string together several hard winters, not like brutal, like what we just had, I wouldn't wish that kind of winter, but actually like hard, solid winters where you get enough moisture, where you're really happy with the, you know, moisture counts and the, and, and the drought scale doesn't look bad. If you tie several of those years together, what does recruitment look like? What are those does, you know, go into, um, you know, go into the fall and, and, and tie, you know, tie that all together, like healthy does produce healthy babies, but, you know, healthy bucks also, you know, the, you got healthy bucks breeding healthy does. I think that's exactly what you're going for at the end of the day. Well, I think we're about at our time limit here. 
you want to circle back to anything you think or something you want to close out with? If you are a, a member of, uh, of Rock Slide and listening to this, uh, I'll do a 15% discount code for TagHub. So taghub.eastmans.com and just do RS15 at checkout. And you can use that for, you know, for a discount and get a one year, you know, one year annual membership. We've got several deals going right now. Feel free to message me if you can't find what you're looking for. But we've got a, a, a bipod, swagger bipod that you can get um, with a tag up membership. We've got a or Black Ovis game bag and an outdoor edge knife. Um, if you've been subscribed to our newsletter, you've probably seen that offer. Um, I believe we've still got some mag views left. So you can get a mag view that you know, ties in and you can use that as well. So if you get an elite membership, so pretty good deals right now, as far as our preseason special going on, you know, let me know. Um, I'm, I'm responsive on social media or, or even on the forum. Let me know if you can't find it. I'll send you the right link. All right. And I'll link tag hub up at the, uh, show notes here. And we appreciate the 15% off there, Scott. And I, I encourage everybody to just go ahead and go over there and click on it. And look at his mapping software and look at some of these 3D maps and see how it's going to fit with how you do business. And we're going to have Eastman's and Scott Reekers back on here in a few more months. Talk more about this 2.0 Tag Hub. Absolutely. I'd love to come back. Moving on to Rockslide Reviews. I was lucky enough to finally catch up with Zach Harold. Zach's done a bunch of amazing video reviews from the Ultimate Backpack Showdown to last year's huge head-to-head binocular harness review. Welcome to the show, Zach. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what have you been working on? I've been working on a head-to-head bow test and actually putting together a head-to-head backpack test as well. Um, The last one I did was three years ago. Everybody can kind of keep an eye out for that. But um, recently, uh, head-to-head bow test, I think it just went live today. Yeah, I watched it there. Impressive like always. So what was kind of the testing criteria used and and what bows were were the candidates of this year's test? I had uh, the Hoyt VTM 31 Pro the Matthews Phase 429, the Elite Omnia, and then the GearHead P30. No different than any of the head-to-heads. When I reach out to a company, I say, this is what I'm going to be testing. You send what you want represented in the test. I don't want it ever to come back on me that I picked one specifically so that it hopefully wins or whatever else. I want it to be known that (laughs) they they sent the ones. Maybe the only difference would be the Elite. I was looking at getting the new Carbon Elite because I'm left-handed. It's pretty hard to get stuff. And they're like, we we don't, we won't have a left-handed one for a super long time. So is there a different one you'd like? And I said, yeah, let's do the Omni. And they're like, perfect, we'll send it tomorrow. That's like, oh, well, that's that's a big difference. But yeah, so for the most part, it's literally I'll talk with whether it be the owner, like when I get a hold of Gearhead, I talk directly with the owner and we just talk both. And he's like, well, we just came out with this one this year. Do you want to try that one? I'm like, absolutely. That sounds perfect. So as far as actually picking the bow, it's more so typically like a flagship bow from the companies. And, and they send what, what they would like to have represented in the test itself. Yeah. If you just want to kind of list off what your criteria was, what you tested in this test. So what I did, uh, first off, I weighed each bow. Uh, they had obviously a D-loop and a peep on them when I weighed them with my own scale at home. Uh, so I weighed each of the bows, no rest, no sight, nothing like that. So basically bare bow aside from D-loop and peep. Then I tested, like you said, the back wall, but this year I did it a little differently. I actually measured the amount of movement the back wall has when you're putting roughly 17 pounds of pressure. And the reason I chose 17 pounds is because I have a tension release that breaks over at 17 pounds. That's why I chose 17 pounds for that, because that's what my release specifically breaks over at. And then I tested sound emitted from the bows in decibels. 
Um, obviously, that's a three sh- three arrow average. Uh, then I tested arrow speeds at 68.2 pounds plus or minus four pounds at 27 inch draw. And then at 70.2 pounds plus or minus four pa- 0.4 pounds at 29 inch draw uh, with the same arrow. Uh, and then I also tested shootability. So I tested 20, 40, 60, and 80. And I measured from center shaft to center shaft, three shot arrow groups. One thing that's not depicted in there is like it's the camera angle doesn't show me show where exactly the measurement is on the arrow grouping, but it does show the arrows hitting the target and me standing there in front of it, measuring it. It's not like, uh, you know, from my point of view. So I don't want anybody to like, why, why can't you see exactly what he's measuring? You know, cause, cause the camera is stationary and, it's, and the reason it's stationary is because it's also watching the impact of the arrows as well. When you shoot it yourself, I mean, there's always going to be that little bit of variable of, you know, when you release or whatever, too. So I think, you know, people just have to assume that that you're doing the best you can there. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, people are just going to have to take my word for it that I took the time to tune the bows and paper tune each one and then walk back to and shoot these bows um, and that I didn't have a favorite. You know, that people are just going to have to understand that. The whole goal of this test is not really to say, hey, this bow was the best out of all of them. The whole goal of this test is so that when people watch it, they can go, hey, I'm most interested in having a speed bow. So out of these four bows, which one was the fastest? Oh, cool. That one was. So I want to look more into that bow. Or which one was the quietest? Oh, cool. Well, I want to look more into that bow. It's not like a knockdown drag out. Let's talk smack on one of the companies. It's they were all thrown in. They were all given a fair shot. And as you see, when you see the results, you'll see it's, I I mean, it's about as fair as I could make it. I I don't know what else I could do to make it more fair. Oh yeah. I thought it was a great review. A lot of detail in there. You don't need to take your opinion into account. You can just look at and watch the video and you got all the measurements and everything, even if you turn the sound off and I don't have to hear anything. So uh, I was super (laughs) impressed with what you had going on there. I'll put a link in the show notes and people should head on over and check it out. Did you find a winner there? Um, actually, well, you'll have to have watch, to watch the, video. the video. Well, Zach, I won't keep you, but I appreciate you coming on here, giving it again, great review and everybody that's listening, head on over to rock slides, YouTube channel and check out Zach's head to head review. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank have you. A good evening. Continuing on Justin Crosley reviews gunworks, elevate bipod. He takes us through the bipods adjustments and all of its construction materials. Then Justin goes on and puts it to work at multiple shooting mats. How did it fare? Go check out the review on the homepage. Recapping the latest Rockcast episodes. Robbie has Wyoming biologist Jeff Short on. They sort the facts and myths of antler point restrictions. Eye-opening and a must-listen. Now, on with the news. Save up to $400 on Swaro ELs. Offer is on 8.5x42s and 10x42 binoculars. It's good from August 1st through October 31st with the code Legend 42, closing out on the story coming out of Colorado, where a man was severely injured from a black bear attack. The attack took place near Lemon Reservoir. The man was awakened around 1 a.m. when he heard the bear. The man suffered bite wounds to his head and body. He was able to fire his rifle and ward the bear off. This is the first bear attack in Colorado for 2023. Just another reminder to stay safe out there. Until next time, this has been Sam Weaver. Sam Weaver.